0: This is a View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for kingdomofthegiants.com. We're recording this on Monday the 16th of December 2019. My name's Patrick Smith, and as always at this time of year, a big thank you to Matthew the Music Man MacGyver uh, for for the the Christmas-themed intro to the podcast. Yes, this will be, well, might be the last episode of A View from the Bridge before Christmas, and there's a fair bit to talk about. Now, I'm a little bit out of my comfort zone, because usually... I say usually, but more often than not, I've got an agenda prepared, I've got everything prepared, nothing's rushed at all. This week, everything's rushed. I've got no agenda, which makes me feel uneasy, I've got no notes, which makes me feel uneasy, I've been running about all day and I've been over to Edgeley Park, which I'll come to in a second, which makes me feel uneasy, and I'm just sort of piecing it together. So let's see how this goes. Um, I'll start with the easy bit. Hello, David, how are you? Good evening, Paddy. It's uh, always nice to talk to you, bro. Yeah, and you too, mate. And also, Mister Joel Neal, how are you? Hello,
1: boys. Yeah, all good. Uh, Paddy, I hear the pre-Christmas diet's going well. You're a whole pint lighter today, yeah.
0: Well, that's where exactly where we're going to start, mate. Thank you for that wonderful segue. <laughs> segue uh, back onto our uh, the drive, the bleed teal one hundred, and uh, the, our drive to give as much blood as we possibly can. Uh, I today went to Edgeley Park, which is the home of who? The footballing the blunt, home of
1: whom? The blood donor people.
0: No, no, come on. <laughs> Edgeley Park is the footballing home of which football club, gentlemen? Oh, are you asking me? Sorry, I thought you were talking to, um, to, um,
1: what do you call it's, it? it's obviously Qu- Quit stalling,
0: stalling for Google. Stalling. Who, who plays Edgeley Park? Obviously, edge obviously
1: Stockport County Football Club. And <laughs> County. Google, Google, Google. <laughs> I just, I just yes, wanted sir. to give David a chance. You've got the broadband <laughs> The
0: home of Stockport County Football Club to uh, to to give blood for only the second time in my life and uh, and it was just as easy as it was the first time and some lovely staff down there and just in all the blood was drink- a pint of blood tra- taken from me and I was out the door after a nice cup of tea and a club biscuit um, but it's such a wonderful thing to do especially at this time of year talking to some of the staff there and they were saying you know about how much blood is needed over the Christmas period and people going out drinking and having times, there's there's always more accidents and things like that, that the the hospitals are wanting more blood in to deal with quite often more injuries. It's a sad fact of this time of year that it can be a wonderful time of year, but sometimes things do happen. And when, when blood is needed, blood is needed. And I was pleased that this time of year, I'm able to step up and, uh, and give blood as part of our bleed tail 100. Um, Davy, I'll, I'll come to you. It's something we're just going to continue to drive through the season. Absolutely. I'm booked
2: in myself this week for a, a, a little donation. And anybody out there that has given so far, hopefully we've got you on our spreadsheet. Yep. Look what you've done. You've, you've helped save uh, however many people it is. Three people, I think. Three people, um, you've, yeah. You've given a tenner to the Northern Blood Transfusion Centre. Thanks to our good friends at Phonacab. Always supporting us, and it's really appreciated. And, of course... There's there's a drink set up for you, courtesy of Robert Patrick and the Odyssey
0: Trust, at the last match of the season. Absolutely. Joel, how, how's your countdown going?
1: Yeah, we are. Uh, I have green light from January, so obviously I've been on the four-month countdown from, from a summer gallivanting, and, and I got some sort of tattoos and stuff while I was away. So to be honest, it's it's a weird feeling because uh, it's one of those things you don't like thinking about, and it, it's pretty squeamish and stuff, but I've actually felt a sense of jealousy seeing everybody tweeting of you from the bridge and seeing you guys getting stuck in and, and the good vibes that are around it. So I guess even from my point of view, the, the the sort of drive that we're putting on this season is good in that way. You're looking at it and you're going, look, I want a piece of that. That's, that's something. I want to get involved in, you know. So, January, I'm good to go, and I'll be giving out a pint of the good stuff as soon as I can.
0: Give, I know that I'm very conscious of people you know want to know where and when they can give blood. I'm also very conscious that the Belfast Giants don't just have a following within Belfast but right across Northern Ireland. So I'll point you towards our um, a View from the Bridge Twitter site or the the at give blood NI who today actually tweeted up a schedule for this week as to where you're able to give blood in Balamone, Portaferry, Cushendall, Mahara, Plum Bridge. You know, there's places throughout the week all through Northern Ireland where uh, you'd be able to give blood. And, and if you're in GB, you know, you go to blood.co.uk and book yourself in also. But, uh, yeah, we'll continue this. Hashtag BleedTail100. And uh, we'll continue to give that a drive through the season. If, like Joel, you, uh, you, you've had a tattoo, you've got to wait, wait a bit of time. A bit like that guy in Sheffield who had a tattoo of a Sheffield player. Um, I don't know who that Sheffield player is, but I'll tell you who it's not. But, again, as I say to Joel, I've seen someone um,
2: getting four names, right? Remember the Jan's badge that was really well done the other week and somebody yep. got like four names around it and they got like Smo who at the time played like 40 games for the club. Somebody else. Who else did he have, Joel? Uh, I think Galakas was on there. Spirit. Think, uh, like, it's, it's a big commitment to put another man's name on your body, first of all. Um, but like the throw, I'm uh, guessing it's not supposed to be a caricature of... Um, Brendan Connolly on your leg when he's played twenty odd games for your club. And judging by his elite prospects, there's probably a good chance he's not going to be there for a second season. So, you know, that's
0: That's big it is big I believe the lad's name himself is, is, was is, Brendan Connolly. And um, if you haven't uh, seen this picture if you haven't seen this picture, it's well worth uh, searching out just because it's basically a picture of a fellow with cacks around his ankle showing off a tattoo to Brendan Conley. He's trying to sign it, trying it while you know, not touching anything. <laughs>
1: Can I just step up and and, uh, say a word in defense of my brethren out there who get rash tattoos with very little consideration? Like the one that I'm talking about, the one that I'm currently waiting a four month waiting list for so I can get on the blood, uh, the blood game is uh, I went to Cyprus for a wedding at the end of the summer. And three days in, I find myself in a tattoo shop on the Ayanapa Strip, getting my favorite hotel cocktail tattooed on the back of my arm. And you know what? That's not the only one that I've got in those kinds of circumstances. So look, it's a special kind of person that goes out and just does that. You know, I'm I'm not there to judge the tattoo itself, but I do. We are. We are. 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 Yeah. Well, yeah. You you, you guys are. are. You guys are obviously of a certain age and don't understand these kinds of things, but I'm not it a tattoo, more, not no, a tattoo
0: person, but I'm also not a person who <laughs> will look at something like that and go, Oh wow, that's not a tattoo of Brendan Conley.
1: <laughs> I was no. more rattled by the by the positioning and the framing of those photos on the bench. <laughs> why go bags down when you could go shorts up? And if you're going bags down, why go tidy like Y fronts? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you
2: know myself, i'm a, I'm I'm an ink brother myself joel you know i've
1: got a i've got one
2: one one for the love of my country as well you know so uh
1: and to uh, be fair that one does look like arlene foster so
0: <laughs> and on that note <laughs>
1: uh yes but if you've had a
0: tattoo check out the uh, blood donating website because you don't think you can give blood for how long joel six months
1: Uh, it's four months if you've been uh, to a certain list of of countries that have current kind of viruses and four months if you've had a new tattoo and and six months if you've had a bad
0: tattoo of brent and (laughs) Um, you're actually blacklisted (laughs) right let's get let's get stuck in by looking at the <laughs> yeah, great so start. start. Like I said, I was uneasy from the start. I mean, no, I've, I've, I'm also looking after the kids. Did I mention that I've got the monitor next to me? I've got my wife's <laughs> hey, at the go. Trafford Centre the game. Come on, let's go. Oh yeah,
1: hockey, <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, this is, this year was about
0: hockey. Let's go. Oh yeah, it's not not about my woes. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> right, uh, Challenge Cup quarter final first leg took place last last Wednesday, live and exclusive on free sports. The Belfast Ooh. Giants were subject to a one 0 defeat at the midway point of this Challenge Cup quarter final, They'll go on to face the Cardiff Devils this Wednesday. We'll talk about that later. But the only goal of the game came at 14.25 from Joey Martin. Uh, with regards to goalkeepers, um, yeah, there we go. Uh, yes, told you. Shane Hunt, 23 saves, and Ben Bounds, 38 saves. Your referees were... Oh, oh... Blake Holt and Andy Dalton. This is the way it's going to be. Uh, Good,
1: job. Good job. Clutch <laughs> thank, so
0: far. Thank you. Thank you. Um, the only thing about this game, David, and you know, I think going into the, the game against the, the Cardiff Devils at Ice Arena Wales this Wednesday, the only real thing I can really bring up is the fact that it's a, it's a tight margin that we're going into battle against. This game itself is probably punctuated by the fact that we've been shut out twice at home in consecutive nights.
2: Yeah, now, we did um, speak about this game in the section that I love towards the end of, of last week's show, and we said, you know, you have to factor in that this is minimum six-period game. One of the reasons, you know, we'll probably not have chased the game quite as hard as we could have if it was a one-off game. towards the, cause You, you want to keep it tight going in. Um, I think, overall, we probably edged this game. Certainly, we're going through that spell where we just couldn't buy a goal, and, yes, we came off the shutout against Jeff. Um, we've gone on to be shut out, and what was a decent enough performance you know, with three thirty-four shots. Maybe the, the again the quality and the proximity and where those shots are coming from. And you look maybe we'll, we'll go on to talk about the likes of the Clan game and where we scored our goals from. We didn't get in there on bounds, um, but the game was tight and it wasn't one of those games where you could start going run and gun because you know you've got another three pairs. I'm not even really I don't know if this sounds stupid. I'm not really even putting this game down as a loss because it's literally half time, Um you know, the, the game is certainly not lost yet. We've been to Cardiff plenty of times over the years and even since they moved to the, the new Ice Arena Wales facility. You know, we've gone in there and won plenty. This game is not dead. You know, it started brightly. That um, sort of first five, six minutes was good. And then we will have um, Pellic and I think Mark Lewis throwing the gloves down. I think that was a yep. little bit of carryover
0: from the games in Cardiff. Yep. I think um, Lewis didn't play uh, the second game. So I think maybe he had a bit between his teeth. Yeah, so he was there. Um, there was a lot of stuff went
2: on in those two Cardiff games. the Voglio was involved in a lot of stuff. Lewis was involved in stuff in the first game. And, you know, they've obviously spoke to each other and said, yeah, let's get it out of the way. And they did. And, and that energised the whole building as well. You know, decent crowd in there. I think there was over, over 3,000 in for, for what was a midweek game. Always always hard to sell those seats. And, and on TV. You know, and, yes, as you say, on TV. And, you know, First period, tight. Second period, really, really tight. No chances either way, really. In the second period, it was a game of real puck possession for both teams, um, you know, trying to get that ozone pressure we didn't get. And then in the third period, the Giants opened up. I think the Giants, side shot the Cardiff. That was something like 18 in the last period. You know, we had to go, but we had to be conscious on the back end to not let anything up. And we did that pretty well. You know, we only gave up four shots through the last 20 minutes. Cardiff, I think... Came with a certain, you know, we'll, we'll settle for, for coming out of here with a win as well on the night. Blocked a lot of shots. Belfast, you know, as I, I say, we just didn't get down in the house enough there. But we come away. We live to fight another day in this tournament. And, and it's, it's, it's this Wednesday night. It'll be tonight if you're if you're downloading it on, on the day the podcast comes up. I'm going to be at it, hoping that the Belfast Giants can pull through here because we want that three-peat.
0: Absolutely. I think one of the things Joel Davies brought up there as well, the Giants obviously in that third period battering Bounds' goal who had to stand tall as he tends to do when it comes to big games. Um, but defensively the Giants actually look pretty, okay we give up one goal but defensively they were pretty sound.
1: Yeah, here's the thing. I, I, you guys have kind of alluded to it there. It's This one's tough. Um, you know, there, there's definitely the the dominant headline is going to be Belfast shut out back to back at home, which I, I could be wrong, Davey, but it was going around uh, after the game that that was the first time that had happened ever in franchise history. Would that be correct? I'm not, obviously not one to know.
2: That is absolutely correct. That unfortunately, not the first time we've been shut out back to back. First time we've been shut out home. on home ice back to back, which is. Yeah. Uh, isn't a great stat, but as we said, it's hard to really, you got to look at factors. Yeah. You know, glad to go
1: on there. No, yeah, but you're, you're exactly right. You know, and, and it's really, it was, it was hammered home in post game. Uh, I spoke to Bobby Farnham and I spoke to Adam Keefe after the game. Both of them said, you know, there are nights this season where, yes, we have been squeezing the stick. We have been in our own heads about trying to score. Um, and we've got away from our process and, and the sort of checklist that Adam Keefe talks about of things we want to do in order to be successful. But that night wasn't it. The Giants actually stuck to the process and, and, Unfortunately, frustratingly, they actually played a good game. Uh, you know, the, the game started with with the hallmarks of an absolute barn burner. You know, uh, I think, as, as you said, David, we looked dangerous in the opening minutes. Uh, that old fashioned, you know, center ice uh, offered out and, and Matt Pellich accepted. For, uh, the, the tilt was fantastic. The pair of them really emptied the tank on each other and it fired everyone up. Shortly after that, then Jordan Smotherman rang the iron. You know, it, it definitely settled in that second period. But for the rest of the game, it was permeated with sparks of. Hope from Belfast. Like that second period, Bobby Farnham was an animal, as he always is, but he fought his way inside almost by himself and got two absolute great A's that were denied by, honestly, Ben Bounds was was fantastic, you know, especially in the third. Our power play on the flip side was dreadful all night. Um, That's Mm. been an ongoing issue. Uh, Just, you know, it's it's not even uh, the, the old problem of taking low percentage shots. It's not even getting set up to carry out any kind of offensive cycle which is frustrating um, you know there was uh, I think to be honest the game was lost a bit the frustration really got around the building in that third period if, if you had been there you would have felt it you know that delay of game that wasn't called the penalties that were going against Belfast the frustration of not having goals in in two and a bit games because obviously we did our scoring in the first night in Sheffield mainly in the second period and by that I think that you know the, the game just there were factors off the ice that I think contributed to the entire feeling and the entire motion of the night and, and being shut out again but listen uh half time boys and being 1-0 down with three periods of play is not the end of the world it just couldn't have come at a, a worse time with obviously a tricky second Sheffield game
0: Power play's a good shout there, Joel. David, I'll come to you on it. You know, five power plays against Sheffield, no goals. Five power plays against Cardiff, no goals. Two power plays against Dundee, no goal. Sorry, one play, power play against Dundee, no goals. And that uh, will we'll be talking with these three power plays against um, Glasgow, no goals. Power play's a problem. <coughs> I
2: really hope Adam Keith isn't
0: listening. I don't believe he does. So,
2: um,
1: I actually heard he does. Oh, Good right. so well, no, evening, coach. Nothing, I
2: have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, Come on. Um, in, in terms of our power play, if you look back to the games where we played in Cardiff where our power play was really snappy, our zone entry was absolutely killer that night. We, I think we talked about it on the podcast about um, really transitioning down the strong side and then swapping and, and entering the zone on the weak side, if you like. And we were getting really good zone entry, getting set up. And that was the night that I think Goodwin started. And it was Goodwin, Mullen, Smotherman were playing around the top of the umbrella there and getting shots off. And we got goals from it. For some reason, we are, we're not playing that same style on, on the power play at the minute. We're not getting good zone. We're turning a lot of, puck, not just power play, but just the regular play, regular five on five play. We're turning the puck over a lot, 10 feet inside the blue line. We're not getting any depth. We're not getting deep. We're not getting good ozone pressure, which we did away in Cardiff as well. I know we talked about it in the podcast about the amount of times we pinned Cardiff in, not letting them get line changes, us getting ozone line changes. And one thing that really works well for us is getting the puck on on the far circles and two men coming from the bench. We You see it a lot with our play. That the guys come in. And we get opportunities from there, and then they're going either mid slot or they're getting a shot from the top of circles because they're fresh legs coming off the bench, Cardiff or whoever haven't been able to change. That process that we've been going through of that zone entry just isn't isn't there at the minute for me. So we're not getting good setup time, uh, and we're getting crowded out, and then we're spending a lot of power play time chasing 200 feet to go get the puck and try and do the same things again. You know, riddle me this. I'm not a I'm not a coach. I'm not even wouldn't even pretend to say I'm good at a- analyzing the game. I don't know why what has changed there, because I, you know, I, I couldn't draw a play on a board. That's just from the naked eye. We're not getting any depth into the ozone to get set up, and and that's my, not my concern. That's my analysis on it. You know, until we get, until you get take ownership of that ozone, and, and you can start playing the puck around that little cycle that Joel was talking about, getting it back up to the point to get the shots, to get the tips, to get inside that blue paint for rebounds. Until you have control of the puck, you can't do that.
0: The highlights of this game, I, I don't know. They might be on um, YouTube. I haven't actually looked because I, I watched the game. Uh, but I know sometimes the games when it comes to Premier Sports. There are uh, free sports that are on YouTube. Um, we're going. To... Paddy, can, sorry,
1: can we pause just really quickly to to mention something that we haven't mentioned that we cannot move past without mentioning? Um the the OSC Appreciation Night of Matt Oh, Tone. oh Having, absolutely!
0: Well, it's good show, man.
1: Um, obviously, it, 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 from what I know, you know, obviously our our very own Simon Kitchen was was in the middle of it all with with all the arrangements and stuff happening. I think uh, Toy's better half did a lot of the the sort of heavy lifting, and I think his dad was in town for it and stuff. And it came as a total surprise to him. I didn't really get a chance to be involved because I was I was running media kind of work and down into the tunnel and stuff. But from everybody that saw, it, everybody was just grinning from ear to ear. Toy seemed so proud, but just it, it couldn't the ovation that he got and the love that he was shown couldn't have been more deserved. It was it was just lovely to see.
2: Here, here, Davey. Uh, look toy came here at the at the tail end of a career; he had retired, for, yeah. for, for, for And he, he signed for us again. Uh, and you know, he did great things. toy played. toy knew his roles, knew his knew his skill levels, knew his limitations, and played a role to absolute perfection within this team. Mm-hmm. He, he he threw the gloves down a couple of times to the organization, organization when he had to. He scored a Game winning goal in Cardiff in a Challenge Cup final. He, he should have just retired there and then. You know, <laughs> he, he, he couldn't he, That was just such an absolute highlight moment for him to get that to go and celebrate straight in front of the fans to get the cup a few minutes later. But you know, Toy's now settled down with Claire family, and you know, he's got his little businesses, and it, it's just a real good news story for an absolute gentleman. You mm. can't. You know, we're very fortunate that we've got to meet a few of these guys. And, and obviously now he's retired and he's in Cargo Coffee, available in Bangor and Hollywood if you're ever passing. <laughs> nice. You can go down and he's such a personable guy that he'll come over and chat to you. And, and there's any time I'm ever in Cargo, there's always somebody with some Belfast Giants logo on and he's over talking to them. And, you know, he loves that interaction. He's just a lovely fella. He's got a lovely family, beautiful children, child, heart, And, um. You know, great success. I wish to him. I I thank him wholeheartedly for his time and time. He was a great guy to watch, and we support him as much as we could when he played for us. And we'll buy his bagels for as long as he's in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs>
0: got to add got to add my uh, got to my input on this and I agree with both you gentlemen uh, Matt Toe fantastic player fantastic servant for the Belfast Giants my OCD kicked in when I realised he did the same number of points for the Belfast Giants as he did for the Cardiff Devils the two teams that were playing that same night but uh, and I really hope he's at the same level 56 points I think it was I hope he had that at the Guildford Flames as well that would just be a nice bit of symmetry but the, you know a, a great guy who, who um, and I, you talk about his dad there, I know, I at the I've had the opportunity a number of times to, to meet his mum and dad at away games when he played for the Giants and two nicer people you couldn't meet and uh you are very chatty, very personable and you can see where Matt gets it himself. So yeah, no, congratulations to Matt. I think uh very well deserved of his of, of his tribute night and the video was good and uh yeah, well done to uh well done the to, to and, and this season and uh, I know he thought he was commentating on that game as well. He didn't notice <laughs> yeah. it was on free sports <laughs> to get him to the game, which is absolutely brilliant. But yeah, well done to Matt. Um, right, let's let's go to this uh, Dundee Stars game back in the league actions for the Bel- league for the Belfast Giants, and uh, it was four two victory for the Giants. Uh, the Giants goals coming from Ward, Hamilton, Smotherman, and Ronka uh, Dundee Stars come from Dye and Kevin De in goals. Alex Leclerc with twenty nine shots against Shane Owen with twenty three shots against. And your two referees were Pavel House and Toby Craig. Joel. The first period of this game marked the seventh consecutive period of no scores, which if you look on Twitter, people were starting to you know, scratch their heads saying, oh, no, we've, we're still not scoring. But in the second period, we start to open up. We score three through Ward, Hamilton and Smotherman. We get no one through Ronka at the back end of the game. But uh, in the end, you know, we're trying to break that hoodoo that the Dundee Stars have over us, and we get that a win over in Dundee.
1: I felt uh, I felt that the, the anxiety and, and the maybe the, the edginess feeling was also being played out on the ice in that first period you know it's just it really is just you need that one and, mm-hmm. and you just relax you know and we'll, and we'll come on to talk about the clan game the next night but it's phenomenal uh, you know we've we've spoken in recent weeks about the psychology of sport and how sometimes it can dominate anything uh, versus X's and O's and stats and, and and plays and whatever else just once the goals start coming you see those guys start to enjoy their hockey again um, you know it, it was it was a relief just to see it um, I actually I, I watched this one with uh with with Kevin Ryan, who's obviously uh Getting himself fit to, to come back into the lineup, uh, he must have exhausted his entire friends list that night because everybody was in Dundee and just reached the very last name and mm-hmm. and I went over. But um, and, you know, it, it was it was lovely to see just his face as well. You know, uh, there there are times on Twitter this year when when you when you've heard you know all oh, the players this year don't care, there's no buy-in like last year, blah blah blah. I sat beside a guy who cares. You know, he is raring to get back into that lineup. He's working so hard to get ready, um, and and he was glued to that game and and hitting every puck. and and talking to the boys as if he was out there. And it was a lovely glimpse for me as a mere fan to see just the passion that these boys have for what they're doing and obviously supporting each other. But that aside, um, what happened in that game is that we did what we say we should be doing to score goals I think at least three of the goals if not all of them, they come as a result of working our way inside getting the puck to the back door having guys around the crease and uh, I mean I think three of them were backdoor finishes Um, just just coming from gritty zone possession, from working our way forward not from working through the neutral zone and getting a shot away, trying to to force a rebound which we've already seen this year with the Dundee Stars is not going to happen you know, the, the, the goals came because the boys did what they were supposed to do and um, I thought it was a lovely piece of perspective afterwards though uh, I'm going to read a quote from a head, co- a head coach in postgame uh, we worked hard we took our positives the lack of scoring is getting in everyone's head right now and that's very unfortunate not Adam Keefe, Omar Pasha. You know, it's uh, it's so easy to get wrapped up in our own wee world of, oh my goodness, the Giants, are, they can't score goals this year. It's terrible. This is something that happens as part and parcel of every hockey club. We may have been a bit snake bitten recently, but everybody this year, especially in a wild season this year, everybody has their list, their little their little bag full of problems that they're trying to work through. We're so far from being alone and we're still very much in the mix, but this Dundee game, we did what Adam Keefe said we needed to do after the the shutout at home uh, a couple of nights earlier. We needed to go out there. We needed to take out our frustration on Dundee, and we needed to win a game that, in all honesty, we should have won anyway.
0: Davey, when we get that goal, Brian Ward gets that goal thirty-one forty-nine. The Dundee Stars hit back pretty quickly, so the Giants had the gather before Curtis Hamilton was able to start the uh, starts to pull away again. And uh, like Joe said, you know, the Giants had to find a little bit of character, which they tend to find in that game. Probably the biggest frustration. For me, for that uh, middle period, that we played pretty well, and
2: was that how quickly we conceded mm-hmm. after after going ahead? I didn't think we were brilliant in the first period. I'm not gonna give you old bust legs or whatever what you want to say. You know, I just don't think that we we played well enough in the first period. Again, kind of like um, saying from the Cardiff game as well. I think that um, we we failed to control the offensive zone. We didn't get in. We, we turned a lot of pucks over. But as Joel has also said, we got our goals from the blue paint, the edge of the crease. We went in there and got them. Getting the goal was great. You know, I think we could have done better for their goal. You, you, you do, you, you think you all the goals you score are great and all the goals you can see are bad. But, you know, I think we do need to do better there. And, you know, But to go in then and then get the rest of those goals in that period, it set us up nicely for the third period and, you know, we controlled the puck for large periods that third period as well. We, we did a bit of a number on them. We were able to take a bit of the foot off the gas in the last seven, eight, nine minutes of the game as well. Um, good to see Patrick Rock getting a goal. Um, yeah. You know, yes. he's, he's buzzed about. His wings never stopped turning. It just hasn't worked out in Belfast for him yet. Uh, you know, as uh, the production numbers aren't there. You know, I've, I've heard... Different spicy takes on it on on, on the Twitter sphere. Why he keeps working hard? Good things are bound to happen. I um, think does he comes off that bench with that exuberance and he he does a bit of Mark duty style skating around the on around the back and net and around the front and net and he's just looking for those lanes sometimes that aren't there. But he was good he, on on Saturday night. He was able to get in fantastic pass. Can't think now. Um, is it Ran Liney puts a, a cross ice snap pass from the like, top of circles right into him skating in, yes for his goal. Um, and he just comes in and, and hammers it in at the back stick. It's a lovely pass. Um, so good to see him getting a goal. Always, always good to see Muggies on the back. Um, I know that you know there's been a lot of hate for different guys on on Twitter, and there's lots of. We'll come on to like here long probably. We'll talk about him later in the show because I have a have a little thing after seeing something that Taft said on on the internet but you know as far as Dundee goes it was a professional enough job per first period I think we were pretty dominant second bar the goal would give up and then we were able to
0: control pretty much control the puck for the third period so Pretty professional performance. Well done, boys. Yep. I think we'll just leave that game at that. I think the Giants getting back on the, back in the winning ways with a 4-2 win against Dundee away and trying to narrow that series is a, was a good setup. If you want to get the highlights of this, they're not 25 minutes long this week. Four minutes
1: on, on the AHL channel? Four minutes?
0: Did it, four, is that what it was? The oh, no, okay. their, their, their YouTube uh, highlights weren't 25 minutes this time. They were 20, uh, okay. 20 minutes.
1: Oh great,
0: 20 minutes.
1: excellent. Well, you, you have that extra five minutes to just do a bit of Christmas prep, you know, I get did. ready for the holiday season. I did, I, did. I could have done my agenda <laughs> in that time. Um, you
0: get that from Stars TV on YouTube. Um, and we move on to Sundays, Sunday afternoon's game back at the SSE Arena against the Glasgow clan.
3: Good afternoon, and welcome along to the SSE Arena in Belfast for this Elite League clash between the standalone Belfast Giants and the Glasgow Clan. Earhart steps inside of Alex throws it to Over, and it's through. And the first shot on goal here for the Glasgow Clan, and the Clan take the lead with 51 seconds on the clock. In the Giants' end, Earhart with a shot. Brings one off the post. Owen didn't know much about that one. And the clan again, very, very aggressive. In the Giants' end. From the Belfast well, Giants here. Yes. Small limit looks to get out for us. A chance at the top of the blue line. The David Goodwin good steps in from the blue line. Rifles one over the top of the glove. A puppet colleague and Goodwin gets his first cool goal way. for the Belfast Giants. It's the and Belfast again, get the puck right front. It's the net though. Ward, got it past Killeen. From our angle here, I just couldn't see the puck entering. and i seen the red lights coming on. And the Giants get the go ahead goal. Ryan Ward gets 22 to go in the second period. Big the chance there again. Belfast, look at it. they get a hold off of it. And Leah Morgan slaps it home. And the Belfast Giants take a 3 1 lead. <laughs> There's going to be a timeout all for Belfast Giants. that's a smart play by Adam Keith. Five minutes on the clock. They get two quick goals. Take a little bit of sting out of things here for the clan. Reddick's out front. Chess in front there. Great play between Warren and Reddick's. Reddick's right on the tail of Bobby Farnham. 4 1 Giants. second, Jermaine, it's Morgan McGrath, and David Guilherme gets the second of the game. Time, just the Here comes Ryan Mining, the yeah, guys okay, just smothered in now, smothered in, inside, what a fanny, Jordan smothered in, an absolute booted, 6-1 giant. The clock ticks away with six seconds remaining, off the glass, up back down to the Glasgow clan end, and that's going to do us
0: And the Belfast Giants convincing winners of this game. 6-1 against Fitzy's clan. Uh, David Goodwin with two goals. Brian Ward, Liam Morgan, Bobby Farnham and Jordan Smotherman getting the Giants goals. Scott Jacklin, the new, the new signing for Glasgow, getting their only marker with regards to goalkeeper Shane Owen. 24 saves. He played 60 minutes. I say that because Patrick Killian only played 40 9 19 saves, five goals against. And Jordan McLaughlin came in, 19 saves, one goal against. Um, your referees that night were Andrew Dalton and Dean Smith. David, not many penalties in this game, actually. I thought the referees, did. I'll just say that straight away, I thought the referees did a fantastic job. It was sort of a a well-fought five-on-five game. that The Giants were relatively dominant all the way through. You say that, I'm but, not going to talk, go
2: talk about the referees <laughs> at all. But for a crossbar after maybe two minutes, this could have been a very different game. Um, you know, Clan score early. and think Travis Earhart's given the freedom of East Belfast there to get a shot off. Jacqueline tips it in front. Not a terrible lot one can do there. You know, it's, it's tipped from the low slot, it's, it's one of those can go mm-hmm. anywhere and it's gone past him. They've came down the ice again and hit the bar just like a minute or two later. Suddenly you're 2-0 down at home and you know that you're under pressure for goals. And As you know, one of the things Joel was saying there are squeezing the stick a little bit tighter and the pressure. And make no mistake, these guys play in a pressured environment. It's not, it's not just a game to them. I mean, this is livelihoods. This is, this is hanging banners. This is pressure. But you know, I think we were fortunate enough. Um, Good one. Who'd got a bit of stick on, on Twitter as well from the same same kind of zones. Um, comes up with a goal. And uh, you know, at that stage, one each, and we will go into that middle period, and the Belfast Giants have been a pretty good middle period team over the last number of games. Dundee and and in the clan, and we've we've gone on a little bit of a tear up in that second period. Don't want to take all the, all the ice, all the all the mic time and Joe, but you know, um, no, you're fine, mate. Don't worry. Radix, I thought buzzed about really well. A guy who hasn't had major production and has been under pressure buzzed about really well. Comes up with a couple of really nice plays. Um, Wardy has been doing really good things. Bobby Farnham again. I think it was did Farnham linked up with Reddick's on that goal as well.
1: Yeah, um, Reddick's uh, fed up from behind the goal. It was yeah. beautiful, the fourth goal.
2: So, you know, we're getting... And then what I was going to come to, towards the end of that game, we're, we're, with Jordan McLaughlin nets, and Nets nets, we're getting a few power plays, and we've thrown Ciarán Long out there. The guy needs a break. He he He's skating hard as well. <laughs> somebody, somebody had Excuse given me. a lot of stick out to, to Longer on, on Twitter. Um so much so, I think it made Taft jump in almost to his defence. And may as well, to an extent, Like I was trying to say, there are factors around why Ciaran Long isn't the 60-point guy he was last season. One, ice time. He, mm-hmm. you know, when he was in Manchester, he was probably on one of the top two lines, most of the line, playing play with probably Manchester's top two imports at the time, feeding him pucks. He's feeding them pucks. It's going to get you more goals. He's moved to a new city. He's moved to a new country. He's moved to a new culture completely. And I don't mean culture as in the U.P. something. I mean hockey club culture, as opposed to you know not he's not playing in the Silver Dome or whatever Silver Blaze, whatever he's called. Dresdledome. You
1: know
2: the Dresdledome. You know he's now playing in the Odyssey Arena in front of thousands of people every week, and that brings pressures on its own. And you know, well, he's he's getting the odd look. He's, he had a, <clears I> can't <throat> remember if it was Cardiff or was it, or was it Sheffield. Where he had a bit of a breakaway and he just mishandles the puck slightly going forehand, backhand, just can't get it popped over the pad. I think a bit like Ronca, if he gets a goal, suddenly the monkeys off the back, a little bit of pressure's yeah. off. And he can, you know, he can start to play the game that he was you know, we talked to the Kieran Long um on a view from the bridge before the season started. Whenever he signed there, I don't know it might have been me that interviewed him, I can't remember. <laughs> and we asked him how he was gonna go. Like he was going to transition from being that top line forward to probably starting at least fourth line, maybe third line forward in Belfast. How was he going to earn that ice time? How was he going to, you know, how was he going to accept that he wasn't going to be that 60-point scorer? We knew that Cairnong wasn't going to come. Well, anybody that didn't, anyone that thought that Cairnong was going to come in here and have another 60-point season were way, way wide of the mark as to what we were signing. Work in progress. The guy, you know, st- still a relatively young fella, getting a different coach who's he's hammering different processes into him. I think it'll come good for longer. But I just think he needs a wee bit of time and he needs to get that monkey off his back and hopefully a goal comes. Hey, wouldn't it be great if it comes tomorrow night?
0: Nah,
1: fair point, Joe. Yeah, just uh, I want to echo. Uh, that's that's a uh, very, very ac- the sort of acute analysis from David there and Kieran Long, you know, uh, I I summarized it much, much more simply because I have a much simpler brain than you boys. But Kieran Long's frustration at the minute is evident, but so is his determination. There is no one out there right now, Bobby Farnham included, that is uh, challenging himself and critiquing himself and beating himself up and working as hard to try and just break that streak. And I will happily keep Kieran Long on a lineup because the the passion that he's shown every shift that he gets, uh, you know, uh, you know that he's got the the ability. Look at his numbers in, in that breakout year in Manchester before he came over to Belfast. Um, I think he got the, the highest score in Britain in the league that year. You know, he has it in him. And there are factors aside from, you know, Kieran Long being on the ice. He is not getting the ice time. There's much more depth on this roster than the Manchester Storm ever had. And I'm happy to keep him. Um, but look that aside. I mean, I I am I am rooting for Longer right now, uh, and and not in a condescending way. I don't I don't want it to sound like we're we're belittling or whatever else. Because uh, <laughs> he's he's a he's a fantastic hockey player. He wouldn't be on our team if he wasn't. Um, it's just something that pros have to face every now and again. You have to adapt to a new set of circumstances, and you have to overcome. And my God, I have rarely seen anyone working so hard and and so outwardly so wearing it on his sleeve. He's working so hard to overcome his current set of circumstances. Circumstances. But look, that aside, the clan game, uh, we uh, in media took a collective gasp whenever we went 1-0 down and then the, the iron was rang seconds later. It could have yeah. gone, uh, as Davey says, a very, very different way. Um, but look, that, do you know what? Uh, the There couldn't have been a better goal at home to open that game after having endured two and a bit games without one. Uh, Goodwin's first goal, uh, the, the puck sort of rolled into the, the mid slot and he... Th- thunder that thing i mean the the sort of collective outward pouring of relief and elation was just fantastic it was one of those little snapshot moments that's gonna stay with me after this season goes just one of those little circumstantial moments where everybody just needed that it was fantastic and again that just loosened everybody up uh Liam Reddick's for the second fed Brian Warden in the edge of the crease, and what did he do? Back door, hammered at home, going to the net, going to the paint, and that's what happened for the third goal as well. Um, Liam Morgan won a draw. Lewis Hook got a shot, which was rebounded by Colleen, and then Morg's beautiful hands across the front of goal, and he finishes at blocker side on the backhand. And um, again, we're just getting gritty. We're getting in front of him. We're getting on his grill, and it's what you want to see. And Davies talked about that fourth goal. Liam Reddick's was. Awesome, absolutely awesome all night, but just in that setup, uh working the puck from from behind the net and feeding Bobby Farnham, who once again hammered into a yawning cage at the back door, and so on and so forth. Uh, I also I can't move on from that. I know I'm a little rambly tonight, but i'm just I'm just elated from that night. It was something that we just all needed, uh, and everybody's just on a high right now. It couldn't have come at a you know ju- just as losing one nil to Cardiff couldn't come at a better time circumstantially because you've got a second leg, these two games couldn't have come at a better time. Heading into that second leg, you know we are free scoring, creative, gritty, everything that we want to be. Uh, and it was that the the exclamation point of the entire game was hammered home by Jordan Smotherman with that sixth goal, an absolute bar down worldy. I had a great night <laughs> in the S S C arena, but I don't know if you can hear it. But it's fr- you know it's frustrating. See whenever have to sit and watch these games. As someone who first and foremost is a fan of the club, I love the Giants uh, and, and I, I never made any sort of apologies about that. People might call me a happy clapper or a Homer or whatever, but I love the club, and I hate having to go down into that tunnel and talking to someone after a loss. I hate it. It, it turns my stomach See so to be able to walk down there and see everyone smiling and happy with a big emphatic win a big a big four point weekend that we just needed with free scoring and creativity it's just awesome. It just reminded me why I loved hockey. I came home glowing from that game. it was just so much fun um, and look it couldn't have come at a better time. We have Challenge after challenge coming our way. This time of year is historically tough, but uh, I just think we're hitting a little run again. And uh, listen, it's all to play for. Look at the table. If anybody's saying the sky's falling right now, maybe this sport's not for you. And it also came against the clan. Where's the clan? <laughs> Yeah, let's go.
0: <laughs> uh, highlights of this. We're going to move it on because the highlights of this game are available from Belfast Giants TV. Uh, from uh, commentary coming from our good friend Mister Kitchen and uh, and Andrew Dixon, who's oh, come to yeah. really By enjoyed.
2: Way, go on. Dixon's commentary was outstanding stunning because He's so good, man.
0: It, it gives some real great
2: insight into goaltending. Yep, um, which I really enjoyed. He talked about Sheenow and he talked about Patrick Colleen and and he also talked about Jordan McLaughlin and, and his his sort of analysis of the Jordan Smotherman goal. As soon as it went, then he's like, mm, I think McLaughlin's a bit deep in his crease there. And then he waited for the replay and he talks through about, you know, coming out and closing that angle. Probably doesn't give Smooth the top of the shelf to shoot into. And, you know he's, he's, he's really analytical. Really enjoy listening to on the podcast or on the
0: webcast. Absolutely brilliant it was, mate. And uh, you, know, you can catch the highlights of the Belfast Giants TV on YouTube, and also you can get the post-game analysis. Sorry, the post-game interviews and uh, Joel's fantastic game report on Kingdom of the Giants dot com. Um, before we get a few interviews. Something else happened on Tuesday, and that is the new signing of Richard Palmberg, a 30-year-old sentiment come right winger who's uh, from, from Sweden. He's played all of his career except for earlier this year. He's played all of it in Sweden. He had a few games in the Czech Republic at the start of this season, and he joins the Belfast Giants on Tuesday. He is available to play on Wednesday. Um, Apart from the fact, Joel, that he looks like he could beat you beat up in an alleyway from his photograph on elite prospects, uh, he, he, the 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 talk. Obviously, the proof of the pudding's in the Eden when we see him play. But from uh, from scouting reports what you hear, he seems to be a bit of a creative player.
1: Yeah, creativity is the thing. You know, uh, it had a yeah, and it's you know, elite prospects and, and googling around and translating yeah. sketchy news articles is not science and, and his piece of the puzzle uh, is very much determined by how he arrives in, how he plays with the teammates around him. But for, for the best that we can do for now, you know, for looking at, at, at this pickup for a midseason pickup, it's exactly up our street in terms of what we're looking for. Um, the the fact that he played his entire career in Sweden at a high level, you know, he, he got a few games in the SHL, but I, I think it's fair to say he made his name uh, in, in the Division 1 in, in Sweden, uh, played 243 games. This is just off elite, elite prospects, David, don't get at me, but 264 <laughs> points from 243 games. Now, you don't need to be a statistical genius like David Magimsy to see Stop that playing it, <laughs> Playing at above a point a game is fantastic, and you know you look at that Swedish First Division. You're you're well equipped to come into the elite league and, and play your trade. Uh, again, I'm just happy to see that uh, that the Odyssey Trust, that Adam Keefe, Steve Thornton, are all working hard and and care about results on the ice and not just bums and seats and giveaways and all the things that they're often critiqued for. We obviously care about you know keeping this train rolling. So couldn't have come at a better time. And welcome to Belfast. I'm I'm stoked.
0: David, you said last week that one of the key things, especially in the title race, will be signings that are made between now and the end of the signing deadline. Uh, this is, is since that time. This is the first player the Belfast Giants have brought in, and uh, obviously, it's a reaction to the lack of scoring. Yeah, look. Um, again, as Joel said,
2: we, we everybody as as they do jump straight on the likes of the league prospects to see what. What to say about him, you know, and and the, the as as Joel has also said, you know, you go and look for articles and stick handling speedy centre, not massive, um again, so a little another a little small bullet hopefully. And uh you know, you just I think this team, this roster that the Belfast Giants has is, is just one or two pieces of a jigsaw short of being really, really good. Or one or two pieces short of them, the, them getting the performances that they're due out of them on the same night. There's you, no one could have told me that Patrick Ronka at Christmas would have had the points he had. I thought this kid was going to come in here and burn. But the Belfast as a whole roster, you know, barely a player over a point a game. I know we've talked about this on on a number of of podcasts in a row now. So everybody, if this comes in and it's maybe just a little spark that ignites the absolute undoubted talent that is. You know, in every corner of that locker room, it's the, the talents there, the names. I don't need to rhyme any names off. Any one of these players should be able to light it up in the elite league. And just on some nights we we'll have, and on some nights we we'll haven't. And I, don't, I can't remember whether it's you, Paddy, or whether it was on the phone who says the other day, and we were talking about, you know, because of the huge turnover of players, maybe that message isn't getting through yet. That two points in October, November, December are as important. Yep. As two points, as as a win in the playoffs, um, maybe that message just hasn't quite got through because we've dropped games that we should. Certainly, I know the games played on ice and not on paper, but on paper we shouldn't be dropping some of the points that we've dropped. It is, it has been a concern. You know, we've gone and banged six packs past Clan with four passed on day. That that gives you hope, as not it, you? that says but it's the hope that kills you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but hopefully, um, hopefully he says. Hopefully tomorrow night or, or Wednesday night as it'll be against Cardiff, um, it could be the start of something because this is a game, you know, we're, we're going in against the, one of the big boys for, for want of a better term. On, on And as Adam Keefe has said, he, he wants to see what this team's like playing playoff hockey. Well, Wednesday night, their first opportunity to really play playoff hockey this season.
0: Yep, it came on Tuesday. Available on Wednesday. We'll see uh, the reaction that takes place on Wednesday night, and uh, of course, we'll talk about the uh, the forthcoming games in a short while. Uh, we're recording this on Monday night, uh, which means that on hopefully on Tuesday, Mister Kitchen will be down at training, and maybe we'll pick up a couple of interviews. Let's see. Let's have those interviews now.
3: Delighted to be joined by the latest Belfast signing, Ricard Palmberg. Ricard, welcome to Belfast. Oh, um, I thanks for the background
4: noise there Mr Mark
3: Garcay. Um how did the move come about uh, to end up in Belfast today
4: yeah I played in uh, Czech in the beginning of the season it didn't turn out as as I wanted there so so I went here and I'm happy to be here and I heard a lot of good things about the city and the team and um, yeah stoked to be here what sort of player
3: uh, can the Giants fans expect to, uh, to have coming out of yourself
4: uh, yeah I'm like a small uh, centre man I like the uh, offensive play and, uh, good in the power play. i uh, like to have a lot of puck and yeah, hopefully make a lot of points. Tomorrow, uh, you have the opportunity to play your first game for the Belfast Giants against the Cardiff Devils. Do you know anything about the Elite League uh, and what sort of standard you can expect to play in? Yeah, I have a couple of guys uh, from Sweden who played here. Uh, so i talked to them and they say the league is, league is good. It's become much better the last year. And uh, like I can see, there's a lot of good players coming here now, so... So I'm just happy to be here and excited for the game tomorrow. Looking forward to your first Christmas in Northern Ireland? Yeah, I'm going to stay here for Christmas, so it's going to be good.
0: Right, quick around the league. Um, What can I say? We're looking back at some of the results from the weekend. I have to give a bit of credit to the Nottingham Panthers who seem to really have pulled themselves back into, into contention having had a terrible start to the season. They did have a uh, a 3-2 overtime win away in Cardiff but then had a 3-2 home loss to Manchester. One team really coming on my radar at the minute are the Guildford Flames, Joel. Mm-hmm. With a 3-1 win uh, in uh, away to the clan and then a 5-2 win away to the Flyers. They are free scoring at the minute.
1: Yeah, look at the standings. Uh, Guilford, you know, we've known it for a while and it's been talked about around. They may play in a glorified leisure center. I mean, there there are <laughs> really there are people is. walking, there are people walking around the concourse in their water wings. But you, those guys have a serious backing, and a, you know, I think the the structure of the club is very sound. There's good investment. They, uh we've talked before about Paul Dixon's ethos with that team. You know, in a league with such high turnover, he believes that keeping as much of a core of players together gives him an inherent advantage over those other clubs. He gets the jump on them, and that's what's happening. They've climbed up into fourth place, and they're currently what four points off the mark they're two points behind us we obviously have the two game the two games in hand but they're sort of just chipping away in the no, background we no we don't we've
0: played two, game them two games of them. oh
1: sorry you're right you're sorry you're right we're we're two games ahead of them okay so even yeah. even better yeah Um so everything i just said uh increased my enthusiasm by 10 percent. <laughs> let's go with that and um, they, they are there look the thing is they're a contender as much as the first seven or odd teams are in the league this year. The The elite league this year is banana land. People are scalping each other week in, week out. There's no real form team at the minute. Obviously Cardiff are sitting on 30 points with all of those games in hand. And I'm right on that one. They're four points or four games behind Sheffield and, and uh, two behind us. But, you know Guildford. in a couple of months it could be glasgow again nottingham could start climbing again i do agree with you paddy they they are a very solid team and, and i think that that uh, they're they've got a, just a cool steady hand they're they're well put together they're a stable unit they all know each other they know how to play in this league um but I just, I've I, i've learned so far this season to stop making predictions and stop saying, you know, such and such is going to stay here. It wasn't too long before our friend, uh, since our friend Jack O'Gaz was on uh, Twitter talking about this being Glasgow's year and look where they are. And he admitted it himself, so I can say it. Um, but yeah, no, look, uh, so, sorry for rambling. It's it's more of a just kind of general thought I've been having on the league. But you're 100% right. Guilford right now chipping away in the background and a very dangerous team as we know all too well from last season's Challenge Cup final.
0: It's interesting, Davey, because, you know, with regards to the points ratios, points gained, you know, Cardiff, when you look at it that way, are 0.68. Uh, you've got second place in that 0.64 for Guildford, and then ourselves on 0.63 before the lead leaders in Sheffield on 0.62. So, you know, as, as Joel says, teams are taking points off each other, but Guildford are certainly dangerous.
2: Very, very good in the special teams, which in a in a league where. On any given night a referee can call ten penalties or no penalties. Is uh, you know something that uh, it's great to have a really good power play up your sleeve, and they've got speed to burn as well. And I think Joe said there about the retaining a nucleus is always important as well. And, and those guys get that points are important in October, November, December. They've came stealthily up the league there, as you say, sixty-four across the season, nothing to be sniffed at there, and. They're always a, that's a difficult old barn to go in there. I don't think that, we haven't been there this season yet have we? Nope. No, so we've got to go to Guildford, uh, you know, another three times. And yeah, it's a, as as Joel has said, there, you know, seven the first. It's there. there's nothing between it. There's you know cigarette paper between the top seven teams here. And another another what another two and a half three weeks left in December, and that'll be us at the halfway point of the season. It'll be very very interesting what the position is. It's a very busy period this now for, for all the teams. And, you know, the next half dozen, 10 games is really going to, I think it'll, the next dozen games is going to start, start to, uh, lost the term that I'm looking for here, but in another 10 game, 10, we're going to be able to start to see the league shaping up and the, who's going to be the contenders and who's not. One Sorry, time... coach. So, Huh? Well, I apologise, the coach there for getting my words mumbled up. <laughs> WhatsApp in the morning. Give him
0: off. <laughs> I, Tell me I, what uh, want to be. I'll run it past. I'm seeing him tomorrow, mate. I'll run him past it. The. <laughs> um, one team uh, that are making changes are the Dundee Stars. Going back to that sort of points ratio, they're languishing at the bottom with only 30% of the points gained of the games they've played. And uh, in the last seven days or after the game against us, they signed Alex uh, Schoenburn And then just today, Monday, we've had the uh, the signing of former Nottingham Panther and Matt Carter. And that that is a good pickup, I have to say, Joe.
1: Yeah, Pash isn't one to sit still. You know, he's... Uh I don't mean this in a bad way. <laughs> this this is gonna kind of come out wrong, but Omar Pasha is very skilled. Polish and turd, right? He's he's given smaller budgets compared to the rest of the league. He's given players that don't have NHL, AHL dominated careers, and he binds them into these very dangerous wee teams that can scalp you in any given night. Um, I think a lot of Pash, as I know you guys do, and he's a long time friend of yours, and it's nice to see him. You know, passionate about the club. Pash really cares about the Dundee Stars. He cares about what the fans think. Um, he cares about their league position. They're very much not there to make up the numbers, and I know that that's. Tough tough to say when they're sitting languishing in 10th place right now. Um, but it's nice to see him sort of, again, similarly to what we're talking about with the Odyssey Trust, you know, going out there and looking for guys, not resting on, well, you know, we'll maybe try and put a late, stay, a late season uh, push together for an 8th place, maybe get into the playoffs. Pash really cares, and, and that's just what's coming through there, Um he has a great talent of turning smaller clubs into uh, self-sustaining businesses as well. You know, there's a, there's a great wee fan base in Dundee coming week in, week out, much as there was in Manchester when he was there with our, our you know, the coach Russell formerly of this parish. Um, I just I, I think a lot of him, uh, and I think it's a statement of intent, maybe in a different way than, than the Giants currently, obviously, with the different circumstances. Um, but they have goals that they want to achieve, and they care about their club and where they sit. They're not just there for the crack. You know, they're not there to take money off fans, and, and that's just really what the, what those statements of intent are,
0: Davey, jo- Joel's right. You no, Dundee had to ring the changes.
2: Yeah, look, I I spoke to Pash this time last year, and I could do the same tomorrow. I like, I don't get how the Dundee Stars are dead last and, and blowing because, as Joel said there, you know, on any night they can beat any team in this league. We've had our our problems, obviously, with them this season already. It's it's a real conundrum for him. And going into the market and making a couple of moves will obviously be key for him. And you want to see, you know, I don't want to see any other team do well. Let's be honest, I don't really care about other teams. But you want to see the teams where you've got, you know, I I like Pash. He's a lovely fella. I'd Mm. like to see his team doing well. He deserves, if anything, he deserves to be getting a team where he doesn't have to worry about that budget quite as much. I'd love to see what Pash could do with the Nottingham Panthers, for example, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I would still, I'd like to actually see him in 10th position. I hope he goes to Nottingham <laughs> and absolutely sinks, sinks <laughs> Ends up in the NINH. <laughs> you know, um, but, but, you know, I'd, I'd like to see doing a wee bit better. Don't they? It's, a, it's a real riddle there as to how that team can uh, have won 30% of their games, but they can come to the Odyssey and win, they can, we can go to there and lose. You know, it's, it's, there's such a little run and gun team that uh-huh. if they get away a wee bit ahead of you, they're Back and there's a lot of goals there conceded. That'll be a big, big concern for him. You know he's conceded twenty odd more goals than the Manchester Storm, and that you know that shows you that maybe the difference. The Clark can be really, really good, or he's obviously got a little bit of that in him that he can concede goal and bunches goals in bunches. So you know you look at uh, Matt Den and and Manchester conceded eighty one goals. Dundee stars hundred and three goals through twenty five games. Not really good enough. You're running it over four goals a game. You're gonna find it hard to get out of the basement.
0: Yeah, absolutely right. And we'll see how. Joseph
2: pretzel stand.
0: <laughs> we'll have to see. You'd
1: be bad. Wow. <laughs> absolutely. Wow. Um, <laughs> I
0: don't know that. Uh, but let's hope. Do uh, you know, we? I say we got a lot of time for passion. this show. Everybody. <laughs> everybody knows that. I'm. Uh, don't laugh. I'm moving on from that. The. Uh, the. Uh, the. Uh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, we've a lot of time for passion. Anybody who listens to the podcast knows that. But you know, uh, apart from when they face us, we hope that Dundee uh, do find a way to 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 climb that table. And maybe these two signings and Alex Schoenberg and uh, and Matt Carter, who I say was a good player for the for the Nottingham Panthers when he was there, are the two players. It will help them do that. Uh, two more quick points to make before we move on, both maybe yes, outside of Elite League. First of all, uh, there's a bit of ire on social media over the fact that the Sports Personality of the Year didn't mention Team GB's achievements. All I'll say to that is it's just a TV show, lads. Um, don't worry about it. Like, you know, it's not know, really have going, that much know. of an effect. That's like, coming from I big GB
1: fan, Patrick Smith. So
2: I'm going to have to have a comment come back on that. Go on. Um, Every year, you're right, it's a TV program. You've got to accept basically an English TV program with who's the best English person, Um, because uh, (laughs) could anyone argue that Johnny Ray, who I think he finished either second or third in the show last year after winning four consecutive world titles, goes and wins a fifth and doesn't get nominated. So, you know, there's an and, I believe, through listening to a a lot of that, Sports chat shows over the last while. There's no Northern Ireland representative even on the picking panel, if you if you want to call them that. But, you know, it was a an English man, a Scotsman, a Welshman. There's a joker there probably somewhere.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> I don't know. But like- I, I'm, I'm the, the Ray thing, I could argue. Am I allowed to argue? It?
1: Well, no. Let me just no, uh, let me nail my colours to the I went I went to school with Johnny Ray. He was in the air above me, so I'm I'm all in on uh, give it to him for the next ten years.
0: Oh, it says. I think. I think it's right. A hell of Could make arguments, yeah. A hell of an achievement. A wonderful achievement, and a very achievement that the country should be very, very proud of. Right. is it, What is it, isn't, isn't MotoGP a higher achievement? Oh, jeez. Oh, is it different?
2: It's, a, 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 it's it's a different. It's a it's a, <laughs> almost a different sport. Yeah. To be quite honest with
0: you. Um, Listen, I tried, Listen, you're talking to a guy who tried to argue in the anchor in Port Stewart that the, the, the uh, that the that the Northwest oh, no. 200 was too dangerous. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I and like I your, learned your moment, never yeah. to cross the yeah. the motorbike people
1: ever again. Yeah. A few Giants fans listening to this right now are so mad, Absolutely fuming.
2: Phil songs listened to his last podcast.
1: Um, Daniel Brown um, raging.
2: Uh, never crossed yeah. the right like that. You make arguments for many, many, and I could certainly. I think that the team GB should have been. I, I didn't watch the show. I was at a carol service on Sunday night. Um, one of the first times I, I'm, I'm not bored. Kind of with the the sports personality year that I wasn't. It, it was something I grew up with. Never missed one of the big nights of the year. Mm. Wasn't even worried about it this year. Um, but so I don't even know if Team GB were even mentioned. In, in the team section that, that, that did so well nope. you know? I watched it they weren't back to back gold medals and going into the top top division of ice hockey for a country that's not really expected to do that Olympic qualifiers coming up do something there and you never know next year stay up in the big group again go to the Olympics who knows you'll, you'll maybe get a mention next year but look let's be honest ice hockey is not going to be winning any team awards at sports personality why well, there's an English rugby team. Who won the team? The, uh, the English
0: cricket team. Oh, yeah, because they won the w- World Won the World Taps. Cups and all oh, yeah, oh, that sort, oh, sort of nonsense. Who even cares? <laughs> <moment>. <laughs> yeah, oh, board, damn. move on. You, <laughs> I, I've, I've annoyed the motorbike people. You've just annoyed Neil Russell. Let's do <laughs> all that. Uh, <laughs> oh,
4: that's, oh, aye, cricket. Oh, that's, that's what this show does
0: best yeah. um, the, other, other, the, the, oh, sorry, the only other point I'll make is best wishes to Paul Thompson who's unfortunately been released in the DEL oh. by Shannon Winger Wild Wings uh, maybe we'll see him back in uh, in the Elite League at some point I know Davy, you had your thoughts sorry Paddy broke up there you know I had your own thoughts on this
2: Oh uh, yeah. You look at it, you don't like to see anybody at work coming up to Christmas, you know. <laughs> Tom most took a chance there. He's obviously gone to, to Europe now on a couple of separate occasions, and and obviously he'll he'll come back to the UK for the time being, anyway. It's where whereas home is where his family will, will be, and you know it's 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 unfortunate for him that it's out for him across the water. Obviously, Pete Russell's over there. Corey Nielsen's over there at the minute, and it's good to see British coaches getting an opportunity. In, in bigger European leagues to, to, to try and cut the mustard unfortunately for him it hasn't been in this occasion who knows whether Tomo I don't know whether he still has a controlling stake in the in the country plays or not or whether he's, he's even interested in coming back into the elite league in a coaching role you know he's he's kind of been here done it and you know he'll maybe be looking at another opportunity elsewhere but if he does come back in the elite league sure wouldn't it be great to have him in there great personality great great coach um, fantastic fella and uh, wish him well
0: just not against us yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A lot of time for Tomo, really great guy. and um, we wish him I, well. He's
2: always someone that years ago, Paddy, we talked
0: about and I
2: remember writing on top shelf the uh Belfast Giants Award winning um game night programme. No <laughs> um many years ago uh, and Todd Kelman rejected, it, said no, nah, you've pumped Paul Thompson's tires far too much there, we're not printing that. Um so get him. Make, make him our coach and then, you know, we'll, we'll not have to do that anymore. But uh, he's he's someone that I could have seen behind a bench in Belfast many years ago and I thought he would have done really well with this, with the, uh, with our
0: club, but it uh, wasn't be. Mm. No. And a great guy to talk to, a really, Interesting Ooh. guy to talk to with regards to 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 interview, and he's always very forthcoming. He has been very forthcoming when we've chatted to him here in a view from the bridge, be it when he was at uh, Coventry or at Sheffield. So, uh, no, we wish him well in the future. Um, no fan agenda this week because the boys are all out on their Christmas dinner. So um, we're going to batter ahead and have a quick look ahead to the games that are forthcoming over the next, say, week or so. don't know if we're going to have a podcast next week. We might do. Otherwise, the next podcast will be the 29th of December but so regards to the games that are ahead obviously we're away to Cardiff uh, on Wednesday then at home to Cardiff on Saturday away to Fife on Sunday before facing the clan just after Christmas in our normal home and away games um, the game on Wednesday night tonight if you listen to us on the day of release is obviously a game that is on free sports so let's hear from our good friend Aaron Murphy
5: exclusive EIHL on Free Sports this Wednesday. Challenge Cup quarterfinal leg two action from Viola Arena in Cardiff as the Devils host the Giants. The home side have a 1-0 lead on aggregate after leg one, but the Giants have added Ricard Palmberg to try and spark the offense. Belfast are two-time defending Challenge Cup champions and will be looking for a big row performance to keep their cup streak alive. Joey Martin and the Devils will have other ideas, though, and look to get back to the heights they achieved in 2015 and 2017. So, who will advance to the semifinals? Join Paul 80, Chris Ellis, and myself, Aaron Murphy, from 7 p.m. to find out. Face-off 7.30 from Wales. Cardiff versus Belfast. Challenge Cup action coming up on Free Sports Wednesday, December 18th. Check freesports.tv for all our festive hockey info.
0: Yep, so that's a tight game that we're going into against the Cardiff Devils. So two games against Cardiff, one against Fife, two games after Christmas against the Clan, Davy. always a very congested period of time is Christmas and uh, when we, we look at like that 1st of January and the business end of the season coming squarely into focus, these games, especially maybe this, this second leg of the Challenge Cup, are really key.
2: This is the potential to really move us one of two ways it could kick us on it could kick us in the because you you know we want to go in there and get a positive result and keep that defence of the title going there that uh, Challenge Cup title that we've held for the last two seasons we want to put Cardiff out you know that as as much as wanting to win tomorrow night you want to put them out because you know you want to you want to give them some hurt you want them to be licking their wounds for the, for the next few weeks thinking about what could have been in another final in their barn that they're not involved in you know, I'm, I'm still not convinced about the Challenge Cup format, but we're in a semi-final here now. This is this our, sorry, quarter-final. This is a massive, massive game for our club tomorrow night, or sorry, Wednesday night. Potential of a new guy coming in, which all the problems, are, and good problems, that, that, that brings the Adam Keefe store. Who does he leave out? You know, hopefully Kevin Rain's not too far away from getting himself back in the team when he able to block some shots. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've not looked beyond, I'm not even going to talk about the weekend's games tonight, I'll let you and the videos ones up, but I really think going in there and, and coming out with that high pressure, high four-check, heavy four-check game that we did in Cardiff a number of weeks ago is going to be crucial, controlling that ozone again is going to be crucial, getting special teams firing, our 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 um, penalty kill has been outstanding, our, penalty, our, penalty, our power play has to come up a wee bit here, we'll have to start producing a wee bit more.
0: Those, those league games, Joel, you know, that follow this, you know, you've got this one, the ones this weekend where we face Cardiff at home in the league for the first time. And, and then we go away at a tough game at Fife, and we know what happened the last time we went to Kirkcaldy. So, you know, those are two games, and, you know, we'll deal with the, the clan games of the normal Christmas home and away. But overall, it is a. As Davy says, it's, and with the, with the changes or the additions that are taking place, it's, it's a real opportunity for the Giants to kick start. And if they don't, then it's going to be dangerous.
1: Yeah, look, one. I think one of the the most cruel things about sport in this part of the world, be it uh, you know Irish League football, be it the elite ice hockey league, is that there is no respite at Christmas. If anything, it's the absolute opposite, and everything just ramps up a gear. Um, and I'm I'm gonna drop my buzzword again, but psychologically, you need to be tough. You need to be ready to take that on. You know, whenever the rest of the world is sort of on the on the wind down to you know a week and a half, two weeks, if you're lucky, off to spend time with family and to do your parties whenever else you need to be locked in and ready to go the next two weekends including the game the, the cup game on wednesday are absolutely pivotal in terms of the definition of this season for the belfast giants Um, you know it's it's it, davy has has a spot on there it's so hard to look past the next game because right now we are a game at a time team and we are hot after the past two in a row so you want to go in get that Challenge Cup worry off your back for another little while so that you can completely, well, I guess if we lose, it'll be off <laughs> It'll be your back. I want to have a positive feeling of being, yep, next round, we still have that trophy. That trophy's in contention. Let's get back onto the league. Um, the next two weeks are, I can't overstate it. You know, it, it's just going to be absolutely critical in terms of how this season pans out. But look, we are what two points off the top right now uh two games behind the Sheffield Steelers how did we go into January last year 11 points adrift and how did the second half of that season go let's not get too wound up and too worried let's just back the boys take it a game at a time and uh and if things don't go our way uh we proved last year that it's it's literally never too late to make something happen you know uh there's there's no <laughs> it doesn't get more last minute than standing in a hotel getting ready for your end of season awards dinner and winning the league so look uh season defining fortnite i feel like we say that every week but it's a season defining fortnite for this team Uh, But let's just roll with the punches and keep things as positive as possible. It's a roller coaster emotionally. It's exhausting even to follow it. So I can't even imagine what it's like to play it, especially at Christmas time when you're thinking of your family back home, whenever you're missing what you normally do. So let's just try and keep behind the boys and just keep rolling here. Uh, We're on to a good thing right now, and and there's no reason why we we, uh, can't carry it on over the next couple of weeks.
0: Fully agree with that. The games, as I said, Wednesday night live and exclusive, on, live and exclusive on Free Sports is the second leg of the Challenge Cup quarter final between the Cardiff Devils and your Belfast Giants. The Cardiff Devils leave that lead that game one nil, and the game will be at seven thirty p.m. Uh, we're on the Saturday at home to those Cardiff Devils in the league seven p.m. Get yourself down to what is going to be an absolute barn burner, no doubt. Depend also, you know, maybe have carryover from what we see on Wednesday Wednesday, seven PM at the SSE Arena. And if you can't get to that game, Mr Kitchen will take you through it on Belfast Giants TV. Then we go on Sunday over to Kirkcaldy and deface the Fife. Flyers, 6.30pm Kirkcaldy, you can follow that on the Five Flowers webcast I'm not going to commentate, sorry, comment on the commentators Um, <laughs> maybe I should commentate the. Uh, <laughs> and then of course then we go through Christmas and it's uh, the two games against the Glasgow clan away on Friday the 27th at 7pm, sorry, at home on Friday the 27th at 7pm at the SSE Arena and away on Saturday the 28th uh, on 7pm over in Brayhead in the shopping centre. Any other business, gentlemen?
1: Uh, maybe just jump in with, uh, unfortunately, our wee mate Blake is back in again. Um, so obviously it goes without saying that as the battles that he's going, we're, we're thinking of them every day. I dropped Christina a wee message today just saying that he's in our thoughts daily. Mm-hmm. Um, he is obviously one of, of many families, young people who sort of uh, – you know, have that support network of our club around them, which is you know one of the most special things about the Giants. But um, I'm going to do it as soon as we finish recording here. But I don't know if you've seen on at Blake's Wheels on Twitter. They're currently having a bit of a whip round for the staff uh, in, in the children's ward there. who do along with the rest of our NHS have a tremendous job, especially at this time of year. Um, So I think they're trying to to get something together just as a, as a show of appreciation for the care that they've given Blakey. So they're only asking you for a quid and and tagging five friends in to see if they can move through a quid in as well. So, um, as, excuse me, sorry, As I say, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to be jumping on and, and, and sticking a, a few pounds pound in the coffers. So if you're able to do it, I know it's a tough time of year and everybody's kind of Christmas shopping to do whatever else, but um, I'm sure it would go a long way just to show on the appreciation for the, the care they give our wee mate.
0: I have to agree. No, it is a tough time of year and it's, I think that I saw that on Twitter myself and I'll do exactly the same as you mate. I think it's... Uh... The, the guys in the NHS we spoke earlier regards to the, the bleed teal and and you know Christmas can be a very busy time in hospitals with doctors and nurses and you know putting their everything in I know even even my own good lady wife you know obviously she's a mat leave at the moment but the last few years she's been working on Christmas Day in, in her job at, at Western Hospital and uh, and it's so difficult over Christmas time I know Davy you know with, with, with your wife and, and I think it's so difficult at Christmas time that you have these guys digging in. And I think it's a great thing to have that sort of a whip round. And and I'm thinking of those people doing that hard work at this time, Davy.
2: Yeah, look, the the NHS, you know, is much maligned as weather. You know what's strategically underfunded by a, a succession of governments. I'm not going to say it's a Tory or a Labour thing. It's not. It's been successfully underfunded by for many years for many, many different political reasons that we don't need to go into. The staff that run that place are just second and all in this sure. world. They um, they sacrifice so much more than than people will ever realize to to get there to look after your children, to look after your loved ones, and. You know, if you can throw them a quid your way or more, then let's do it. And I, I'll get on there too, Joel. I'll throw them a, a quid or more and I'll tag a few boys in and see if they'll throw one too. Yeah.
0: Anything from yourself, David?
2: No, mate. Nothing from me. I'll be down at the game on Wednesday night, but you can catch it on Free Sports with our good friend, Aaron Murphy, and I assume Paul the Coach, 80.
0: Yeah. Get yourself involved, mate. Get up in the country. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll go and see coach and kick him a coffee as normal. So well so uh, it'll be good to catch up with them again. Here, here. Say uh, never say never whisper whisper never, forgive, never forget,
0: never forget. <laughs> <laughs> uh, always a classic. Well then on that note then we'll we'll wrap it up here. Um the games, as I said, away to Cardiff, home to Cardiff, away to Fife, and then the two games after Christmas uh, against the Glasgow clan. You can follow those home games on Giants TV, but mainly we want you to get down there to the SSE arena and watch your Belfast Giants in what could be a pivotal fortnight, as Mr. Joel O'Neill has said. Um, I'd like to say thanks to Aaron Murphy for giving us the preview and thanks to whoever it is that Mr. Kitchen's able to get in the uh, in uh, interviews down to training tomorrow, as this is. You'll be hearing this on Wednesday. And a big thank you to Mr. McGimsey and Mr. Joel Neal, and a very happy Christmas to both of you.
1: Yeah, here, here. Pleasure as always, friends. Thank you.
0: Good night, lads. And uh, yes, as I said, for me, this is my last podcast till the 29th. You might hear something next week, but I want to wish everybody who listens in a very happy, safe, and wonderful Christmas. And wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey We'll catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge.